I bought my house a year ago today. This is something to celebrate. I started The Witcher today. Also good. Look at us achieving things. Ah, you ready to get philosophical? Absolutely. What up, gang? It's left. It's right. And together we make a whole brain. Welcome. Welcome. To, I forgot the name, Interpretations of a uh, Concept. Hey, see? Formerly Yaks. Yeah, you all are still Yaks, though. Or you could be, what? what what's inside the brain? Or Grey Matter. Ooh, the Grey Matter Squad. Bro, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I started The Witcher today. Nice. Oh. Going well, isn't it? Ooh, it is sad as fuck. It's sad. It's very sad. I was, and I turned to Dakota, who I was watching with, and I was like, does this show ever fucking get happier? And she's like, no. This goes downhill from here. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, great. Like in the first 15 seconds, the little deer dies, and I got really upset. That was so funny. It was not. It, we have a different interpretation of humor. He ate humor. the deer, though, right? Yeah, so he it did. It wasn't like wasted death. <sighs> he was so cute, though. Anyway, Ian, what are we talking about today? What are we conceptualizing? Lightsabers or the Force or Jedi versus wands, magic, and wizards. Or warlocks. Well, specifically Harry Potter, and I think warlocks are a different thing than wizards in there. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think I don't know how they differ. I'm pretty sure warlock is just the masculine form of witch. Ah, we can discuss that, yeah. So we're going to be talking about that today. I actually had a conversation with a co-worker yesterday about this. I told them the idea for our episode. Preemptive topicology. Ooh, and she was like, well, I think that... The, the lightsaber would beat the wand every time. And I was like, I mean, but magic is magic. And she was like, yeah, but there are rules in magic. And it's just like, <laughs> so we're here to talk about that today. The rules of magic and interpretations of that. So Ian, let's get started. Who do you think would win? Between the Jedi or a wizard? Like, let's say I that think that depends on the skill and power level of each individual. They both been studying for the same number of years, they're the same age, and they're respected in their field. Respected in their field. Well, again, it there are other factors in play, but I think the Jedi is more likely to win. You see, this is where we're going to disagree today because I think it's the wizard. Why? Hmm. Well, let's get started. Um, magic is just controlled chaos. So when you attack with a lightsaber or something, you're still metaphysical. You're still coming at me where I could just blink out of existence for a second and then blink right back in. Okay, but the Jedi, through the Force, has preemptive abilities and can estimate where you're going to reappear. Not if I take control of their mind and or cloud their judgment. Well, clouding judgment would be a Jedi thing more than a wizard. I mean, you could confund them, but you'd still have to hit them with the spell. Mm, not if I go darker. Not if I'm tapping into darker energy. Okay. The Imperius <laughs> Curse. Uh, are we strictly sticking to Harry Potter? Yes. Oh. Uh, well, then Jedi would win every time then, of course. What were you talking about? Uh, I was talking about, like, I was incorporating D&D &D shit, too. Oh, okay. Well, we can do that. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, although that would put an unfair balance towards Star Wars, because have you ever played the Star Wars D&D? No. That is ridiculous, because the characters you roll are designed to be main character movie star heroes. Even smugglers? Yes. They're ridiculously overpowered in that game. That that doesn't sound fun. I talked to Cyrus about that, like actually running one of those, and he was like, No. It's it's its own thing, it's its own dice. I've never looked into it. Um but yeah, I think that for us to have this argument to explore each realm of possibility, we must encumber all aspects of not only the force, but I mean we're assuming our Jedi here in the scenario, maybe he taps into Sith alchemy. I mean, he's using his own form of magic. Yes. <coughs> Isn't the Force just magic? On the one hand, if you boil it down, yes. But on the other hand, I don't like thinking of the Force as magic. I like separating the two in my head. Well, you have Mother Talzin. Yeah, she's the Force. She's Force spells. Yeah, so... I don't know. I guess the argument can be made then that the wizard is more powerful. Because, I mean, even the Jedi and other Force users use magic. They use the Force. Uh, okay, so why do you think the Jedi will win? Because the Jedi dedicate their entire lives to being a Jedi. Wizards, that's just almost a background thing. They use it every day but they don't dedicate themselves to it. Uh, I, I would disagree. I think there are several um, examples throughout history and like our folklore and stuff around the world where we see wizards that are dedicated to their crowd. Like, look at Merlin. Merlin was a dedicated sorcerer. Sure. Um, and if we're going to pull people like Merlin, then we'd have to pull the super powerful hero Jedi to match him we're talking about average okay fair enough fair enough we'll dial it back no merlin um okay well damn i don't really know a scenario so we have our two combatants and they're fighting i don't think i mean magic has defensive spells there are barriers that can be created i don't see how the jedi can get around that well all right in that case i don't see how a wizard can get around the force Hmm. Because we've seen like Darth Vader and Kylo Ren stop lasers with the Force. Why not stop the spells or redirect the spells or? Oh, that is a good point. Just snatch the wizard's wand. Well, can we? We could take it a step further. I mean, look at Doctor. Well, Doctor Strange is not really experienced in those movies. He can turn back time. He can speak ancient languages and make multiple of himself. I mean, I think there are some tricks and some arguments to be made that a mage or a wizard could stand toe to toe with the Jedi. If sure. we're talking, if, like if we're bringing Vader into it, then I think the equivalent of that would be Dr. Strange. And I think, I think Vader would have a difficult time defeating Dr. Strange because all he would have to do is if Vader cuts his arm off or something, all strange has to do is rewind time. And then it's like, it never happened. True. But that's only if he has the time stone. He can't do that without it. Okay. Stop taking away my magical trinkets. Oh, no. Well. <laughs> if we're arguing each side. Okay, fine. <laughs> then we'll we'll give Strange the the staff of the Living Tribunal. Then I don't know what that is. 
Oh, you don't. It's a magical item that holds the power of the living tribunal. I don't know what that is. They're celestials. They're basically gods. So, yeah, like to see Vader cut that in half. Well, Vader's got the force. And that has the <laughs> essence of the living tribunal. Okay. <coughs> so we're at another impasse. Okay. See, a lot of spells also have somatic components. So the Jedi, or the wizards, like in D&D in this case, need to be able to move their hands and bodies in a certain way to cast the spells. Okay. Well, let's go back to... Okay, let's dial it back down to Harry Potter. We'll go back to the Harry Potter window. Alright. We'll look at the curses. Yes. I will throw out each curse and you tell me how... We'll, we'll use Vader as our dummy here. How Vader is going to block the curses. So you have um, the Imperial Curse, which... Mind control. Yes. That does not have to hit your target. That merely, you just have to point and make eye contact. That's how that curse works. So, how would Vader do They still point the wands at the target. They have to point, but as long as you make eye contact, the curse, he can control Vader at that point, so... I think that the will of the wizard has to surpass the will of the Jedi. Oh yeah, it's true. It's all about willpower. Uh, Partially. Because well, yeah. Harry casts it on a couple Death Eaters that but of course he's the main character. Right. Uh-oh. So yeah, I think that okay, well maybe Vader could break the will. I mean, I could see that happening. For sure. Um, what about the Cruciatus curse? Vader's already in almost that much pain anyway. That would only enhance his abilities, so to use it on him would really be stabbing yourself. Because uh, he draws power from power the dark from, side. Yeah, his yeah. suit hurts him, <coughs> and he designed it that way. He himself designed it that way. Like, the Emperor did it initially, but he left those in there. That's shitty. Yeah. His whole existence sucks. Well, fuck. Okay, I'm doing a bad job arguing <laughs> for the wizards here. Um, well, the pro biggest problem is that wizards, they're Harry Potter wizards by and large, have to have a wand to cast this magic. There's talk in the Harry Potter universe of people being able there to perform is, magic without... but it's very crude and very, and very weak, and they often can't control it. Chaotic magic. Yeah. <laughs> So that wouldn't really help them much, except in the last-ditch scenario when they happen to blow something up to keep themselves from getting killed. But that would only work, like, once. Okay, what about um, what about the killing curse? Well, like I said, they can stop lasers with the Force. They could probably stop the spell with the Force or block it. I thought something interesting about that. They cast the killing curse, the Jedi blocks it with lightsaber, it would kill the kyber crystal in the saber. I hadn't even considered that, because kyber crystals are living. Yes, they are. So it would kill the weapon if they blocked it. And then the Jedi just has to... Basically, then it's the a one-on-one -on -one yeah. at that point. Yeah. So that'd be a good way to take out the weapon, because the disarming charm wouldn't work on a Jedi. Well, no, because they're in complete control. And, and they could just summon it right back anyway. Right. And the fucking crystal would probably <clears throat> not dislodge from the owner since yeah. they're bonded. Yeah. Oh, you're making some really good points with the Jedi. I 
came magically unprepared. <laughs> um, okay. So let's say your Jedi starts beating the shit out of my wizard. Sad day. And the wizard... I mean, wizards have tricks, though, where yes, they can they live. The port key. Boom. He's gone. Okay, but that Fuck. also constitutes losing the fight. No. We, yes. live, we live to just fight another by, day. No, by... <laughs> Running from a fight, you lose it just because you ultimately don't die. doesn't mean you won the fight. That's a strategic retreat, which isn't bad, but it is absolutely a lose. What if my wizard is holding the sorcerer's stone? <laughs> I don't know. Does the sorcerer's stone heal you from injuries? Or it, does it just keep you alive? It prolongs your life. It enhances your magical abilities. So I don't know about the abilities thing. You can do things with the Sorcerer's Stone that you can't do <clears throat> with, like, a wand and shit. So. I know it turns stuff to gold, mm -hmm. and it prolongs, it produces the Elixir of Life, which keeps you alive, but I don't think it necessarily prevents you from getting killed. Okay, <coughs> fine, then I'm gonna make what Voldemort did. I'm just gonna make a Horcrux, and I'm still alive somewhere. Ooh. Mm. See, they have tricks. Yes, Your true. Jedi dies once and has no tricks to come back. <laughs> well, I blocked the killing curse. Uh, yeah, I would say that the Jedi are cooler than wizards. I mean, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I agree. I think that it's kind of an unfair it fight. Is. Yes, it is. Because one force of magic is inherently their god or the universe enacting its will through them and yes. the other one is just manipulation of energy which is the force mm -hmm. that you can't manipulate well you can manipulate the force it usually turns very bad for you so in this scenario if we place them in that world yeah the wizard would be in trouble yeah i think it's hard to say with certainty either way really because it's hard. It would be hard to find perfectly evenly matched Jedi and Wizard to pit against each other. Um, and if we were to ever see something like this that's even vaguely canonical, it would be an even fight because anything else wouldn't be fun to watch. It wouldn't sell. Right. I mean, we look at Mother Talzin. She's pretty fucking powerful. I mean, she's using the Force, true, but she's also using magic. Yes. So, she seems pretty evenly toad with the jedi if we if we let's bring it back into the star wars universe now by harry potter people sorry so let's look at um strictly the force versus force alchemy and what mother Towson does i think they would be pretty evenly matched they're both using the force yes um yes Sith alchemy or force alchemy requires components and things like that, but you could have those prepped. Yes. Um, and if you're going to use it, you should have those prepped. At all times, which she does. I mean, she yes. has her magic yeah. ball thing. She <laughs> looks through the universe through... I don't know. I think the argument from Mother Towson, um, like facing Vader... Sure, she would lose. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no question in my mind, but I think she would put up a pretty good fight. I think that because, I mean, she's tapping into the dark side, too. Yeah. I mean, she's got that whole double voice thing going on. That double on. voice thing was dope. <coughs> the issue with alchemy is it takes a lot of prep. And concentration. Yeah, so that would be hard to do in a fight. 
Yeah, so if she has all the Night Sisters swinging the sabers while she's casting the spells in the background, you that would it. be a deadly combination. But yeah, if she... she's just there up against someone who can just instantly do stuff, and she's trying to cast a ritual. Right. Maybe she prepares a ritual that activates when they get there. I don't know. It's Mother Towson. She's crazy. Yeah, she, she does cool things. Well... She also got wiped out by droids. Yeah. All of them did. Yeah, I just finished that episode. (laughs) Uh, I'm in season... I was really upset that she was that easy to take out. Yeah, because she's such this badass for like two seasons. Was Dooku even there? Or did Grievous do that? uh, It was Grievous. That sucks. I would have been okay with it if Dooku had done it. Because Dooku, at least, yeah. Is a legitimate Sith. But Grievous is just a machine. A warrior. A warrior machine. Yeah. A battle bot. And he's not even that tactical. Yeah. Well, here's a concept. Um, as we know, magic comes at a price. And so does using certain aspects of the Force. So here's my question to you as we delve deeper. Because I think we pretty much both agree that the Jedi is better suited, or the Force user is better suited against magic. Well, I think that he's better suited against them in a combat scenario. Right. That's really all we were talking about. Right. So let's let's switch gears here for a second, because I actually wanted to bring up something, uh, a philosophical thing when it comes to magic. So you have magical abilities. Awesome. Go me. All right. You are a, a wizard. So would you use those abilities to help? Or hinder society? Society? I don't know. To be frank, I would probably use those abilities about as much as I use my regular ones now, as far as society is concerned. Okay. Well, okay, so... I mean, if I was the only one, I might take a more active role. Right. Okay, well, let's say in the scenario you are the only one. How would you use your magic to better or worsen like the planet or life the the problem is if i'm going to do stuff in a way that i think would better the community or whatever it was you said earlier yeah or society society that's the word i would do it in a way that is quite contradictory to my actual political beliefs okay because unfortunately in a democracy you have to vote on everything and not everybody gets the picture because, like, I think it would be a good idea, for instance, to install those solar roadways I told you about. Yeah. All around town. At least on the freeways. And I don't think everyone would be on board with that. I think AEP in particular would put up a very powerful argument fight against it. Right. And I would just use the magic to sway their minds and get what I want done. Because I think it's best. And that's not okay. I mean, morally, we're not we're not talking about moral here. I'm just merely... Okay. We're not, we're not turning this into a moral conundrum because the way I would use magic is also very questionable. Um, <laughs> I think that this is just a, what would you do? I mean, for me, I would certainly delve into darker things. Um, I would like to either prolong life or stop death entirely. I wouldn't do that. Prolonging life, sure. I wouldn't try to stop death. I wouldn't try to prolong life too much. 
I would certainly make life easier for myself and those I care about. Right. More comfortable. Like boss. But yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I've just always, you know, we lose someone close to you or something and you experience that pain. I've just always found it the idea of immortality very interesting. Interesting, sure, appealing, not to me. Uh, it's somewhat appealing for my own selfish reasons. Sure. But um and it's unappealing for my own selfish reasons. Right, right. I mean, no one wants to live forever. Like especially in this or in this reality, sure. But I think that there is a call like within all of us, like if we're honest with us, we're brutally honest. If we could stop those we love from dying, no matter what the cost was, I think most people would do that. Most people would. I know you, you differ on this opinion. So. Well, I would in certain circumstances if there was a car crash i could prevent because i have magic i would prevent it but if someone's about to die because it's the end of their life as i see it i wouldn't or maybe they are ready i'm not going to deprive them of that because i don't want them to die but what if what if in restoring them and making them immortal we better their life they actually have an opportunity to heal and get better Trust me, I, I don't like immortality any more than you do because it puts me out of a job. Yeah. So. <laughs> if it's a matter of curing a sickness, sure. Like cancer, we yeah. could prevent so much with more time, with more study, with more research. Yeah. The problem with cancer research is cancer is so aggressive and we don't have resources. We have very limited understanding of things still. And I, I think I would use it in that aspect. I think I would use it for more healing aspects and more, you know, subdue pain. Sure. Yeah. I would do something along those lines. I, I think wizards would be better suited in this respect. Like we were talking about. Right. Jedi would have an upper hand in combat, but as far as issues like this go, magic, I think, would be easier. And I, you can heal with the Force, but... At a cost. It, yeah, it's really pricey. And it's really hard, and not everyone can just do that. Right. Not every Force-sensitive can just do that. Right. It requires... you. I think you have to be, like, touched by the Force to do that. It's like you have to... That is not an ability that's very easily learned, and you can die from learning that ability, too. Like, it's... As evidenced by <laughs> Kylo Ren. Right. I mean, he just learned how to use it, and then he yeeted out... Spoilers yeah. for people who haven't seen episode nine. We apologize. It's been what? A month. Over a month now. Oh, over a month now. It's time. It's time, guys, that you got on the train. Um, yeah, but uh, you look at historical, like, medicine people, men and women and tribes and stuff. It's like, and they're using a form. We know it as medicine today, but back then it would have been considered magic. I don't know. I, I always find like tribal stories and like I'm listening to this podcast um, recently called Haunted Places and he goes over the voodoo queen of the bayou and <laughs> how she how she did like these amazing things like they're documented too like there were these people about to be executed and she literally went to their execution and the trap doors on the hangman thing didn't fall out when they pulled the lever and the sky turned red 
and lightning hit the thing they were on and the prisoners escaped and then everyone around was like oh my god she's here <laughs> so like creepy shit like that but i mean like i don't want to make any deals with demons and shit to do cool shit that would be a, a hard pass for me <laughs> uh yeah magic such an interesting topic it is. And I think that the imagination with magic, it's so hard to nail down too, because like it's infinite. You can do anything. Literally you're bending reality. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Very interesting concepts. Well, let's take let, a quick break. Let's here. take a quick break a And then we will start with part two electric boogaloo of this big brain that we're all on. Yeah. Big brain. And we're back. Hi, boss. So, we pretty much summed up our wizard Jedi fight. Ian and I, during the break, both agreed. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty much a, a wash. We can't really. Delving into um, fictional universes is really hard to compare. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. We did enjoy that discussion, but now, Ian, you have a topic for us. It's much more real. Ooh, it's real time. Religion. Ooh. Oscar and I have slightly different views. It's true. So, Ian has some points that he's going to spout out, and then I will spout out mine, and then we will go from there. Here's something a friend asked me to bring up. Okay. So... The biggest flaw, I think, that they see with Christianity in general okay. is that Christ died for our sins thing. Okay. Since Moses predates that, does that make the Ten Commandments void? No, and this is, that's a really good question, and I'm glad that someone posed that question, so... Is this something you've, that's come up before? Yes, absolutely. So, that question happens a lot. Uh, so, you're basically asking about, in Christianity, you have the law, which was given by God to the Jews, and then you have grace, the system that has now come since the Messiah has died, a.k.a. Jesus. The second time? Yeah, the second time. But so what happened is, when God was forming Israel, in the context of your question, um, they wrote down these commandments, and it was a sign that... This is how you were to interact with God, because this was his model of perfection, right? All the Jewish laws are God's model of perfection. And it's designed to show humanity their need for God, because in their imperfection, we can't follow all the laws. So when Christ died, he fulfilled the law completely uh, and all of its standards so that we could have open relationship with God. So the law does matter in the Old Testament, but we do not live by the law. We don't live under the law because of grace. Because, so like in old times, if you, let's say you worked on the Sabbath, you accidentally made bread or something, I don't know, <clears throat> and then you die. <laughs> and, like you, you just die because you are living outside of God's perfected um, standard. With Christ, 
he spoke against that. You know, like the Pharisees were walking around. And for those of you who don't know who the Pharisees are, they were the religious leaders in the time of Jesus. They had complete control over the temple. They believed they were the holy of holiest people. And they followed the law. They tried to follow the law to a T. Um, and they sinned just like everybody else, but they were very prideful people. So when Jesus is walking through a field with his disciples and they pick the heads of grain left there by farmers, as is in the law for poor people, but they did it on the Sabbath. And working with your hands is considered work on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees questioned Jesus. They were like, why do you allow your disciples to, you know, mock God, whatever, you know, they're yelling at him. And he's like, which is more lawful? to show love on the Sabbath or to follow a bunch of commandments. And they were like, Oh shit. And it's like, yeah. So we see that in the law. Yeah. It was necessary for the time of that before Christ. But when Christ came, the law and all of its fulfillments to God dissipated under the veil of grace. That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. I mean, <coughs> what they dissipated, that kind of sounds like they no longer matter. Well, they but, don't matter in the context if you're a follower of Christ. They do, they matter in the sense that this is a law and a command given by God. But just because I break that command, it doesn't mean I'm under God's wrath anymore. I have grace through Christ. So that this whole idea of grace and your identity being in Christ nullifies the death that you are warranted by breaking these laws because Christ already paid for it. Okay, that's a little clearer. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of went on a tangent with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's my bad. <laughs> Want to tell us what the Sadducees were? They're just another religious group um, in Israel. They followed the Pharisees around. They're not as cool as the Pharisees, but they're also law keepers. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's something... That leads me into a point I've had that I've talked to you about before. Sure. Is that why did God set it, everything up that way? Why does he expect perfection and then deliberately make us imperfect to the point he had to create this stepping stone for us and then expect us to be so grateful and happy about it? Well, God didn't doesn't expect perfection, let me clarify <laughs> that right off the rip. Uh from the extensive, you know, research and time I pour into the Bible, yes. God does not look for perfection. So to answer your question, though, why he set it up like this, um, when God created heaven, earth, and everything in existence, when the universe began, it was perfect. There was no sin. When Adam and Eve directly chose to sin against God, and be tempted by the serpent, that's when things kind of fell to shit. But So why did he give them that option? Because God values your free will over any commandment that he gives. We actually talked about this in home church the other day. Um, so, like, Jesus knows not everyone's going to love him. Jesus knows that this message is very, um, you know, toxic to people who don't believe, right? It's very offensive, right? Sure. Um, but, hold on, I lost my wording here. But what we were talking about la uh, last week, it's like, 
God. Oh, Lord, I just lost my whole point. My brain just went dead. What was I saying? The whole perfection thing. Oh, yeah, perfection. So God does not expect perfection. And the reason he gave them that choice is because, you know, he values free will. Without free will, without the free notion, like, to follow God, it wouldn't be loving. So if anything, God's free will is a testament of his love. Why does he hold that against us, then, if we make choices he doesn't like? So, he doesn't necessarily hold it against people. I don't it, know, that's, the word condemned gets thrown around an awful lot. By who? The Bible. Mm, depends on what translation you're reading. Um, okay, a synonym for <laughs> condemned, if it's not literally that word. If you sin, I, you go to hell, I'm that's be, I'm being condemnation. I'm being I'm being. Facetious. Okay. I, okay. Um, no, I agree. For a long time, that concept confused me. So, what? What I think the the disconnect here for you is that you have an issue with God's punishment system. Like, what will happen to people who do not repent? It's not that if you sin, you go to hell. I sin every day. I sinned on the way over here by cursing at some lady who pulled out in front of me. I committed murder <laughs> in my heart. I Trust me, I'm not perfect, and I don't profess to be perfect. Um, I am perfectly loved by God through his son, and his son's death atones and covers my multitude of sin. But I think where you're getting hung up is why God does that. Well, think of it this way. If I am an all-knowing being, if I am shrouded in radiance and it is in my nature to be perfect, then I cannot have imperfect, imperfect things around me. It doesn't make sense. And I think God gives us that option because he knows not everyone is going to choose for this. He knows everybody is going to think that either it's bullshit or it's real. But, um, I think his punishment system is just. He is a just God. One of God's qualities is justice. And he has laid out everything. He sacrificed everything in order to redeem his creation. So I feel like God is just in his, um, his decision to do that. Now, I, I'm not saying that, you know, I like it. I don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want anyone to die apart. From that, But once you, I, I can't really stress this, I, I, I'm trying to make you understand, like, once you come into a relationship with Christ, it's like all the burden of your sin and your wrongdoing is just thrown away. And why would I not want to live in that and share that with other people, you know? Yeah, that is another thing that I wonder about. It's like, if that's the case, that almost seems like you can just do whatever you want. And then repent later, and yeah. none of it matters anymore. So, here, But at the same time, uh -oh. if you don't legitimately feel guilty about the stuff you've done, and don't repent because you made your choices and you stuck by them, mm -hmm. that's what you're getting punished for. Well, here's the thing. So, um, do anything you want. Let's cover that topic for a minute. It's like Paul says in the New Testament. I forget where it is. Uh, it doesn't matter. But you can type this into Google and it'll pull up the verse. But it's like everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial. So 
in Christ and without Christ, we have the freedom to do whatever we want. We are free will creatures. We can do anything within the confines of the law, but that's a man-made law. True. And I, I could go out and smoke a bunch of crack tonight. It does not change my position before God because I have been crucified with Christ. Now, if I smoke all the crack and then I come to and I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, that was really bad. Yes, I need to repent of that. And even if I didn't repent of it, my sin is still covered through the blood of Christ. It's a one-time decision. It, it covers past, present, future, everything. Everything is covered. So, yes, you do have a freedom. But I think once you what, – what people don't understand is once you start following God and you start actually, like, making God the center of your life – I feel like you don't want to do those things. I mean, for me, I don't like to lie anymore. Sure. <laughs> I had a very horrible lying problem. And now, yes, I'm tempted to lie. Everyone's tempted to lie. But because I have that background of that, and because Christ showed me that there was something so much better than that, and it's evident to me, I actively choose against that. It's a shift in perspective, too. Sure, I get that. I used to lie all the time, too. Remember kids? Yeah. And I don't do it anymore. But at the same time, I'm sorry to whomever I lied to if it hurt them, but it, I'm not sorry that I used to do it. And Right. Hey, and that's completely fine. But what I, I think the biggest, the biggest link in our chain here, like for your questions and... For your friend's question, uh, I would ask them this question. Do you have a relationship with God? And if you don't, then I'm going to pose my own question. How do you expect to understand God's will and God's actions if you're not in communication with him? Okay, my answer would be yes, and it's an extremely negative one. Okay, so you have a relationship with God. Or at least used to, or I thought I used to. Okay. So then I'll ask you this question. Why do you think it's negative? Because it had never really helped me. So in any way, like the point in my life when that relationship was strongest is right when everything in my life went extremely wrong. And I got no help from it. And I felt like I had to deal with most of it either on my own or through material human beings assistance. Mm -hmm. Rather than God stepping in. You know what's funny? God uses people. <laughs> sure. But why wouldn't I get that impression? I got quite decidedly the opposite impression. I have two theories for you. Um, one, either um, God was speaking to you and you just weren't seeing how he was and maybe your prayer should have been different because prayer ultimately is just us aligning with God's will. God is not a vending machine. We can't just be like, I want a hundred dollars and pull the lever and God gives you a hundred dollars. No, um, that's not how it works. Um, my second theory to that is you didn't have a relationship with God and that could be the case. I, I'm not here to judge anybody's heart, but from what you described, it's, not, it's either one of those two options. Either 
either you were in an environment to where people told you that that is how God behaves and not what the truth of scripture was, or you never made that choice full heartedly. And that's kind of where we're at with that. There's really no other third row there. <laughs> I may have not. I thought I did at the time. But oh, I did too. I, I mean, thought a yeah. lot of stuff back then that I realized now <laughs> is stupid. But again, I'm not sorry for any of it. And that's okay. I mean, my decisions ultimately led me to Columbus. Mm -hmm. I'm not sorry for the decisions I made. I'm sorry for my actions hurting the people around me. Yes. I'm sorry for, um, you know. But to them, not to God. Right. For putting pressure and things on relationships that now cannot be mended. Mm -hmm. I, I apologize for that. But I stand by him. I'm not. Oh, I wouldn't say I stand by him, but <laughs> I'm maybe not. Everything. I'm just very I'm grateful for the direction my life went, because if God had not taken me through that, then I wouldn't be here today and I wouldn't have this. I would most likely be dead from the choices I was making. So that I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about this, too. And I apologize to our, you know what? I don't apologize. No, this we're is, just yeah, this we're is not who trying to convert I, anyone. I'm not converting nobody. This is the message that I believe, and I'm very curious to hear what other beliefs other people have because I've studied other religions. It's not like I'm ignorant to the fact um, that there are. <laughs> and, uh, another thing, sure, like the condemnation thing. It's like rather than making deliberately sinful choices. I also got the impression that making mistakes is a punishable offense. I make mistakes all the time. Well, sure, that's <laughs> how we learn. Right. So that's you how do something egregious in error, and then you have to spend your whole life repenting for it. No. Who told you that? <laughs> I don't remember who told me that. That's not what we're Well, about. whoever... These that... are the impressions I'm getting. Let's oh. not worry about who... <laughs> provided this misinformation let's well, get to the reasoning behind why you think they're wrong I, set me straight i mean i'm not trying to say i'm just giving you some food for thought the opposite end of the spectrum so this this concept or this way that you're thinking implies that if you do something wrong then you're punished forever you have to spend your life repenting Okay. Or go to hell for eternity. That seems a little bit harsh, considering how short our lives are in comparison to oh, oh, eternity. I agree. Oh, I agree, and that's why this is so important. Um, I think, to answer your question, the way you feel about repenting forever or whatever, it sounds like if you do something... So let's take me, for instance. I... Um, oh, this is about to get really personal, guys. I um, I struggle with same-sex attraction. I sometimes find men attractive. I don't see why that's bad. I don't. Well, the I used to live that lifestyle too. What lifestyle? I used to be in the gay community. Oh, okay. Um, Is that bad though? I mean, listen. As someone who came from that community, and I'm not telling anybody how to live their lives, I went to bed more miserable and felt more alone in that community than, than I do now. And I, that seems like a different thing. Then. I can't, 
I'm not going to speak much on that. I'm going to answer your question. Uh, we can talk about that later. Um, but um, you think I sit around and repent about that stuff all the time? No. I go before God. If I ever have these thoughts throughout the day, all I do is I go to God and I'm like, God, I know this isn't in your will. And I'm trying, I'm really trying, Lord, to understand. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to be this way. Help me understand, like, why. And I'm not repenting. I'm asking for guidance. Sure. And I think that when it comes to, like, let's say you stole something when you were 30. You don't, and then you come into a relationship with Christ. You don't have to repent of that every single day that would be tiring and horrible yes it would yeah so really with repentance all the word repentance in greek only means a shift of mind a a change of thought mm. so what you're doing is when you repent is you are giving up your mindset of like your sin-based mindset like oh this is good for me and exchanging it in line with God's will. So you don't have to repent every day for the same thing. God God is taking care of that. Jesus has taken care of that. But I I don't I wouldn't want to follow a God that would want forgiveness every day. That sounds tiring and boring. God came so that we could have life everlasting and abundantly here on earth as well and it's like that's not an abundant life. So I think to answer your question, no, I don't think you have to feel shame because to feel shame or guilt is to cast Christ's um, sacrifice aside. Um, it means that That's he an died. Concept. Yeah, it's like it's like Paul says in the New Testament. If if Christ, uh, if we were able to attain salvation through the law a.k.a. your own thought patterns, your things outside of God's will, then Christ died for nothing. which And then you make his death null and void, and then Christians should be pitied because it doesn't <laughs> matter. But thank God that's not the case, in my opinion. But yeah, once you ask for forgiveness, it's done. The slate is clean. God can work with that. God can work with a willing heart. What he can't work with is pride. <coughs> Maybe that's where I struggle. Yeah, I, trust me, bro. I struggle with pride, too. It sucks. <laughs> it's like, God, I want to be perfect. He's like, you're not. And I'm like, but why, though? I don't want to be perfect. <laughs> I don't like that idea at all. I've always been fascinated with the idea of perfection. That's just a me thing, though. I'm weird. I've been fascinated by it, but I've never been attracted to it. Oh, I have. The, I, the concept of perfection in my mind is a paradox because... I think, in my opinion, the perfect situation is pretty much what we've already got, where we learn and grow. And I think this concept of perfection is that we've learned everything and grown all we can. And at that point, it's like, well, now what? That sounds horrible and therefore imperfect. So, I agree. Okay, I can see your point on that. Well, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. I think that did well for our second half here. Okay. Uh, were there any more questions that you wanted to tackle? Or? Not at the point. Not at this point. Okay, cool. We can bring. We I can think we got some good stuff considered, we and we can bring it back up at a later date if anything else comes up. Sure. 
And I, I encourage people if they do have questions. And if I don't know the answer to your questions, guys, uh, shoot me a message in the Facebook or like text Ian if you've got Ian stuff. I'll do the research. I'll I'll come better prepared. <laughs> but I, I think this is good. These were good concepts to consider. Yes, they were. Well, Ian, the cat's getting sleepy. Is that about is that about it? Yes, I think so. Alrighty. Well, guys, check us out on Facebook. It's Interpretations of a Concept, our new show. Ian's house is one year old. Yay. As of me owning it. That's right. It's a one year old house. It can't drink yet. And, um, yeah. We got a new logo on the way. It's in the works right now. Yeah. When Ian says it, you can believe him because I was pitching new logo for like seven episodes and Guys, I apologize for that, but Ian's guy is on it. We've actually seen concept art. It's great, and it's going to be great. Um, hit us up on Facebook. We should have an Instagram soon. We're working on it. We're working on doing some streaming stuff, too, for our Star Wars cook-off. But, yeah. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us today. Um, I'm going to go bowling with my coworkers tonight. What are you doing? I'm going to play Red Dead. Oh, shit. What wonderful lives we lead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Freaking bye.